Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We took a hiatus for a little while, and now we've rebranded the show, so you might notice there might be a different uh, cover photo. Uh, We've now updated the podcast from being called Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors to just the Vitality Shift for Chiropractors. And um, I think the reason that I did that was we wanted to kind of line everything up with what we're, we're doing in our lives. And it just makes everything kind of like seamless all the way through the whole thing. So in order to open up the new show, um, I'm bringing my partner in crime, Brandy McDonald, um, onto the podcast just to uh, introduce the new brand of the podcast. Welcome, my dear. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully all your old listeners will remember me so we don't have to go through the whole thing again. <laughs> No, they totally will. Since hopefully, I think- hopefully you still have old subscribers from Breaking the Underdog Curse podcast so that we don't have to go through this whole thing again. Yeah, no, no, I'm sure that they'll, they won't. So, so what, one of the reasons that we switched the name to um, uh, the Vitality Shift is because basically what Brandy and I are doing now, basically with all of our time, is we're, we're either helping chiropractors shift their practice into more of a vitality model, or we're actually trying to kind of get them in their brain into more of a vital model in their brain. And uh, we just recently completed um, our mastermind event with Dr. Peter Kevorkian in Toronto. And, um, and so first of all, honey, how did it go? What, what was your insights and how, how did you enjoy that event? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me a question about the brand first. Well, I'll ask you about the brand first. <laughs> I'll ask you about the brand first. So I think, I think the best way to describe rebranding the podcast is like it's the next level for us because early on, our entire experience was about breaking the underdog curse in chiropractic. So everything we did was about getting over all of these beliefs, uh, systems we had about chiropractic, all of our challenges we had in chiropractic, all the problems we had in practice, all the family dynamic issues that blew up, the marriage problems. Like, so basically we, and especially for you, when you wrote the book, that was a huge first level. So I think the first level is people have to just first identify that they have like an underdog curse, like that they believe their identity is somebody who is challenged, struggling, not going to make it, having a hard time in life, having a hard time in practice, having a hard time with their family. So that, that was our identity. So breaking the curse would make sense to us. Totally. And I think too, when you switch into a, into service, or if you get really clear on your purpose and you're moving towards it, you actually, you can't be an underdog because um, there's only one of you. Right. Because once you break it, then what? Now what? Great. Exactly. Now now you've broken it. So now you're kind of like, okay, so now what? So now, so next is really the shift because what happens is breaking, breaking it is really about the the push and the struggle. And I think that that, and that hopefully enough of your listeners have listened to uh, the old podcast to know our struggle. And if you haven't, and you're new to the Vitality Shift podcast, then go back and listen to some of ours on breaking the underdog curse podcast because we already talked about the push that it took to break the curse and how long that took us and how much we had to do that in chiropractic and also in our lives 
And then, and, and then you get to a point where you, you want to shift, you want to shift your consciousness. You want to shift your practice. You want to shift the way you think you want to shift into the next level. Basically it's like a gear. Yeah. So, you know, like if you ever driven the standard, it's like the first gear and you can only go so far in the first gear before it feels like the engine's going to blow up. So like you kind of have the first gear and then you just watch your RPMs, which uh, by the way, I know nothing about cars. So don't like write me, Oh, that's so cool. Do you know what's her? Cause I do not know anything about cars <laughs> other than I drove standards my entire life as a good farm girl. And so there's a certain level of where the car gets to a level. And even if you don't see the RPMs, you know, you have to shift up. So I think this is more about the next level for us and for the people that we interview, people you interview rather on the podcast. It's about the next level. It's less about the struggle and more about the next level. It's shifting into the next gear. And I think that's why the name is so important because everything we have been doing and are doing and continue to do is really shifting people to the next level of either their life or their practice, whatever that looks like for them. When I think too, in the previous model in the, with the underdog curse, when I wrote that book, I was so, so much in a mind frame of trying to not change, but try to help people change and try to try to have the profession change and trying to uh, push other people to understand uh, our brand of chiropractic. And, and now we've kind of moved into a more of a, of a model where we just work with the people that we want to work with and, and we want to help them take to, to the next level. And if you can align your purpose and, and all the different areas in your life, your identity and your values and all that kind of stuff all the way through into your practice, you kind of get a little bit more of an ease state. Yeah. In your light, in your life. And so I think a lot of times when you're <laughs> or first, in your light too, in your light, <laughs> ease state in your light. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think the first part is, is it takes a lot of work. It's almost like a plane that's kind of crashing. It takes a, a lot of effort to kind of get it, get the nose back up again. And then, and then what, right? And so I think that's what uh, this, the purpose of this will be is more like how do people kind of really get into that next gear in their life? Yeah, I agree. And I think that's why it's an appropriate time to rebrand because it's, uh, uh, it's what we do with our shift people we work with. That's what we do our transformation work that we do it's it's basically not everybody's in gear one some people are gear two or gear three or gear four like they just need to shift up um you know and like a car and this i don't know why i've even come up with car analogies it's crazy but i think the other myth is that you get to you know if you have if you have five gears in your car or four gears or whatever the gears are in your car people think well then i'm then i'm there like and then i can coast but if you ever driven a standard, you can never coast, which is part of why I like driving a standard because it created a level of consciousness of driving that an automatic does not give you. And God forbid now the automatic driving cars will even do less of that. Right. So you always have to be aware because sometimes you have to gear down and sometimes you have to stop and sometimes you have to gear back up. So like just because you're in gear five doesn't necessarily mean you stop. It just, it's just less, it's less work. That's all it is. It's like, it's, there is more ease to it, obviously, as long as there's no, red lights and yield signs and construction and anything else. And, but those things you don't control. And so you just need to know how to use all the gears in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's and, that and, an analogy. And, <laughs> that's very good. Speaking, speaking of that, um, let's talk a little bit about our Transformers event and, and how to enjoy it. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I don't know how many people would even know what the Transformers event was. We've done it two years in a row now. We call it the Transformers Mastermind. I think a couple of years ago when you and I just sat down and said, well, who do we want to work with and what do we want to do? We realized there was some level of opportunity we had to work with people that were at certain gears of their life. And then they felt like they couldn't gear up. They were stuck. Um, It didn't have to be chiropractors, but it obviously mostly was chiropractors. 
and some of it was in their practice, but what we realized very quickly on with the shift with our shift community is that we really looked at who, and we did a podcast on that, give somebody the same information. Why, why is one practice like dramatically take off and the other practice can't get going, can't get out of gear one. And so it, when you have the same information, same people teaching it, same content, same community, it just didn't make a lot of sense to us until we realized that a lot of people, and we started asking, mm-hmm. we didn't assume, we actually asked people why they were not either performing to the level they wanted to, why their practice wasn't performing, what, what, why their health wasn't at the place they wanted to, why their personal relationship wasn't where they wanted it to be. And the barriers were really internally as to what they believe and, and the big thing is what they, how they identify themselves in the world. So the Transformers Mastermind was created and last year was our sort of beta group of Transformees and it was, that alone was incredible because we did a day along with people and did a lot of uh, personal barrier work, I would say, that's the best way to describe it. This year we knew we needed more time, so we actually did a day and a half, a really extensive um, barrier and what we call identity crisis work with people. And so what that looks like is we just, we're trying to get people to identify who they think they are in this world and how much that plays into the decisions that they make and how much of that is not true and how much of our identity comes from people that have given us this identity and we don't know. And even in chiropractic, your identity is a chiropractor. It's typically not, we've talked about this in other podcasts. It's not given, you, you haven't created it. You've actually been formed and molded, which is why in the shift is so important to us. People ask about our program, whether it's practice management, I'm like, absolutely not. Because <laughs> we are not trying to mold chiropractors into Brandy and Dawn's practices. Like we want people to express their own way of chiropractic with using some simple tools as well as communication techniques so that we understand people so we can become adaptable to the people that we work with versus being so rigid in the practices that are trying to mold themselves after a system, a program, a person. Or a technique. Or a technique. So that's why our shifters coach with other people, are in other programs with other people, are technique teachers, do other, like this, so like we might be the only program in the world that said you should be with other people because this is not (laughs) a practice management or coaching program. So you should go with other people and you should learn from other people that you admire and that you look up to. I think that's great. And so I think that for, for us, we just realized that people don't, if people can't align their information with a new identity, they have the same story they've always had where they get a little bit of results. They've been pushing in gear one for a long time but they start to burn out and they start to, they start to get frustrated. And so they think their solution is to either improve their skills, find another program, go to another seminar, but it doesn't align with what they believe about themselves. And that's the most powerful thing we have in the world. That belief confirms our identity and that identity drives all our decisions. And so, you know, we've done quite a bit of work in our, in our group around what is somebody's belief systems. And it's funny because the common term used in chiropractic and also personal development is limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. that's the word that most people are going to understand the only problem i have with that term is what does it limit because in for most people they don't understand those beliefs are only limiting if they didn't see them as fact so for most people their belief system is the truth and if you push it they're like are you kidding me this is the truth this is black and white this is how they'll I defend it, it to the death yeah so it actually has limited nothing for them it actually has created the results that they have today in their life mm-hmm. so the thing is that at some point a belief system may not be useful for us to get to the next level. That's the way I would like to describe it versus it limiting us because if it limited us, we wouldn't have what we currently have. So you have to see the usability of a belief system 
before you can fracture it and build a new one. If you don't see the usability of a belief system, you don't know how to slowly start to dismantle some of those belief systems that are simply not usable for the next level. Because at every level, we have belief systems. And at every level, none of them are true. Mm-hmm. It's not true. Even us, we have beliefs that are not true. They're true for us, right. but they're not true. It's just we evolve, we, we gain other ones, and we've learned how to uh, find the usability of, of those beliefs to the next level. So you just have to think every gear has a different usability belief system. And when that we need to go to the next gear, very often we have to assume that those beliefs are no longer usable anymore. But, but it's not that they limit us, because if they did, we wouldn't be getting what we currently have. Do they limit us for the next level? I'm not sure if it's a limiting thing, if it's more of a, an ability to understand that they've created what we have now. And it's really our identity that limits us from the next level, not necessarily our beliefs. So our identity is, so let's call it limiting identities. The identity of the fact that we do not believe that we're good enough, that we believe money is evil, that we believe that business and chiropractic should go together, that we believe that chiropractic is for conditions and pain, that we believe that the public only wants it for conditions and pain. And so those beliefs confirm the fact that I need to practice in that way. So I believe I'm not good enough. I believe I'm a pain fixer. I believe I'm a condition. Like, so I, my identity searches and seeks for beliefs that confirm it and also people that confirm it. So we find coaches and programs and seminars that continually tell us that is the way it should be. That insurance is important because we believe that people don't value chiropractic because we don't believe we're of value. So like, it's a lot of deep work that you can't cover on a short podcast, but Identity and beliefs really, really tie together. And in order for you to find new usable beliefs in a new level, you have to identify what are the ones working for you now in the current identity you have today. And in order to get to the next level, we need to create a new identity. And that identity has new usable beliefs that get you different results. Well, and I think, uh, and and this is something that I kind of, I've heard since the beginning of practice was the be, do, have phenomenon. And I've heard it over and over and over again. And it's funny that it's not until I actually, you know, you start doing not only development on ourselves but also helping other people to understand how important the B is because the B seems not very tangible. Like it's really hard. Like how do I change my B, right? Like, like that, there's not – because everyone wants the do's, right? So you got the B, do, have. Most people when they set goals, they either set goals based on the do's or based on the haves. And if you try to change stuff based on just what you do or what you have – it's not sustainable. And that's, for example, like lottery winners who win the lottery and they don't change who they are. Like in two to three years, they're back to the way they were before. Or we go to a seminar and we learn a bunch of new strategies and we implement them for a while. And then a month or two later, we're back to the way that the way we were before. So, so I think the B is the most challenging. And one of the things that's kind of interesting to say, well, how do I know what my identity is? And all we need to do is actually, we can use the have. So all we need to do is look at the have in all areas of our life. And that will tell you what your identity is because your identity will basically produce that have, whether it's how much money in the bank, how your practice is, how your relationships are, how your health is, all that kind of stuff. And so, which is, which is a little bit too about the do, you can also do the behavior, uh, the behavior autopsy, where you look at, you can either do a have or behavior autopsy, because if, if, if here's the thing we find a lot in people who are not wanting to do the work, but think they want to do the work. This all happens to us a lot. Um, and we start challenging some of these concepts is we'll say, and the simplest idea is I believe that chiropractic helps somebody express life to their fullest. Okay, there we go. So therefore I am a life expressor chiropractor, right? right. Everything. So, so that's what we say. 
in chiropractic. This is, this is our shift. This is what created the vitality shift because we used to talk like this too. But our actions in practice did not support this. Now we said that, but if we were to sit down and, and list out all of the actions, all of the, the do's, what are we doing in practice? None of it would have matched that. We're talking about pain. We don't have any objective findings. We rarely talk about the nervous system. We're only moving, we're not, we're not moving people past where they are. Like there's, we could have listed a million things that we were doing in practice that were contraindicative to what we said our belief was. Not that you don't want the belief, it's what your current belief process is. And then how did that make us feel? Well, it makes us feel good to say that, but in practice it didn't make us feel very good. So our identity was actually that we were not, for us at the time, that chiropractic was hard. Like I'm not a good chiropractor, chiropractic is hard. It's difficult to make it in chiropractic. Like insurance, when we got delisted, insurance is gonna kill us. We live in an oil and gas, uh, province that's the economy is going to kill us right so those don't match the belief that we say that we own so if you can figure out your actions your behaviors and your have and then what happened we had nothing we struggled we couldn't pay the bills we couldn't make enough money because it's it's a congruent mess within us because we want to believe that but we don't and a lot of the identity work is really just really being truthful about what you actually believe because what we did believe is we did believe what was told to us that chiropractic had to be sold as a pain and conditions based service that people would only come to us if we marketed that and then we had an opportunity to change it and then we had an opportunity to talk about life we all we believe that so i think that people have to tell the truth about what they actually believe before they can actually change your identity and in order to do that it's not what you say it's only what you do so there's no lies in your behavior. It's only people only lie in the words that come out of their mouth. And they don't mean to. It's really what they want, but it's not who they are. And so the great thing is if you have a motivation like that, you're more willing to do the work and change because you do want, you do want a different identity and you do want different beliefs to serve that identity because you know that's going to get you to the next level. But if you've bought every program and paid God knows what for every seminar you've ever gone to and you're not able to get past that, the work isn't in the skill development or acquisition area for you anymore. It's really in the belief and identity process. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then maybe you can talk to this too, is that sometimes we found what they thought the limiting uh, or the identity was or limiting belief wasn't even that. It was actually back even further and it was formed when they were way younger too. Well, not always, sometimes, always. Yeah. <laughs> Because really a belief system is, is a layered neural pathway where a couple of neurons came together and then they, they made friends. This is how I used to call belief systems with our practice members. They, they sort of squiggled together and then a couple of neurons became friends and then more neurons became friends because then what happens is now we get it confirmed by our environment, by people we love, and then we get it more confirmed by our peer network. Then we get it more confirmed by school. And then all of a sudden we have this really complex neural patterning in the brain that is really strong it's a highway of neural networks that's what a belief is and so the, the fraying of a belief um, which is why i call it fraying of a belief system requires that neural pathway to first be broken or and it doesn't get broken without fraying so think of two ends that have to fray together that have to fray before it breaks first you have to find confirmation for that belief that it's not true that's the first way to fray a belief system is that you have to see it's not true. And you have to find examples, and you can if you look, you will find examples in your life where it's not true that money is the source of all evil. It's not true 
that chiropractors living in this model can't be successful. It's not true that you can't have a loving partnership in parenting, whether you're together or not. That's not true. You can look for examples where that is true. So that's the first way to fray a belief. But as you start to fray away the most obvious ones, way beneath that, because remember, this is like this highway of neural networks, you're going to find where that, those two neurons first made friends. And those two neurons first made friends, usually when we were like, that's your earliest memory of, of starting to understand that this might be. And beneath it is all stuff like, I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. I feel abandoned. Um, I'm not safe. There are, there are some really heavy-duty beliefs that drive our behaviors way beyond the fact that I think chiropractic is for back and neck pain. Like, so, but, it, but the easiest or the most obvious ones to start fraying away, and then you look for examples in your life that just say to you, this is not true. <laughs> and the ironic thing is that, that those beliefs usually started way back when you were so small, usually by someone else who didn't have a properly yeah. functioning frontal lobe that were in a, in their pattern from how they were brought up too. So it's kind of like that generational, those patterns. Beliefs beliefs are passed on. Like every single thing is passed on in our life. That's what generational patterns are. And so once you actually do that work, then you start to realize those two little neurons that made friends and you were five, weren't even yours. They, They were passed on to you, downloaded those. And then you just looked for confirmation of it in your whole life. And you'll see this because you're like, see, yeah, I told you. As soon as you like start to do like you want to prove it, yeah. what you're doing is you're confirming a belief that's not yours, but you feel unstable in it. So you start to look for confirmations. And trust me, you will find a lot of them. When you look for belief systems that are not usable for the next level, but are usable for your current level of feeling unworthy or feeling not safe or feeling like chiropractic is hard, I promise you this, you will find people and environments that will absolutely confirm that for you. They're everywhere. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. And all you got to do is watch. Well, I don't know if it's funny if you're the one doing the work. Well, no, but it's, it, it's, it's <laughs> ironic, you mean? Well, and if you think about it, even just doing all the work we've done with neurology and chiropractic and just knowing about the stress response and mm-hmm. understanding that the sympathetic uh, tone of the nervous system is our default, yes. right? That's default. It's the because, thing that keeps us, it has to be. It's the because most important protection. part of our nervous system. It keeps us alive. Yeah. And so the, and the only thing is all the, all the, the, the good health benefits or the health activities or the health self-care that we do help to kind of strengthen that parasympathetic to dampen our sympathetics yes. and yes. improve our posture. And so it's so funny is that, that there's so many people that don't have that, that when you are sympathetic, all you do is spray fear. You spray fear, you spray heat, you um, hate, you spray, you spray, you're, I'm not worthy. Nobody's yeah. worthy. And I'll show you how shitty and hard this life is. Totally. But you need to have that come back to you because it confirms again, all of that little neural highway. And you know, people would say, oh, I turn on or off the sympathetics. You can't, they're all on all the time. It's a matter of how much they're dampened. And the yeah. frontal lobe and the ability for us to live in more of a parasympathetic state is those two do this beautiful dance together in a very stressful world. You also, as chiropractors, start to understand how much of that is patterned thinking. So if you think of what we do in chiropractic, and a huge part of what we do in the vitality shift is to start to have a conversation with the public about their nervous system patterns. Right. And how important it is to not, to not, have, to not only have the sympathetics, but at what point that pattern has become their norm. And there's no dysfunction in the sympathetics. The dysfunction happens when it cannot be dampened because of patterning that has happened for so long. And so if you translate that ideology to 
uh, personal transformation. Again, this is a belief system, so you can't understand that and then not understand the fact that the way that we think and the way that we view the world is exactly the same. And the only way it dampens that's those survival mechanisms that those two little neurons came together when we were five, six, and seven is for us to have enough input into our system, externally and internally, to dampen that because right. it's always going to exist. It's always going to be there. And what we do, what's ironic about uh, what we believe is that we, we'll understand that with chiropractic. So like we need enough input into the system to repattern the system. And then the person, obviously we want to do, we want the person to do some work, some environmental changes, some behavioral changes, where, where that sits heavily with that. But in chiropractic, we're helping facilitate a different state to hopefully dampen those sympathetics so the body gets a chance to do what it's innately meant to do which is restore and express life at a higher level. But in personal transformation, we don't think it's the same. So we think there's an external component to it alone. So we start, again, we start to buy more things and read more information and hope that that's going to fix us without understanding that there has to be enough input internally. And that is a lot of work because first you have to have an awareness of it. Mm -hmm. And if you have no awareness of this, there's no way you can do the work. You just can't because you're just going through life in that high tone, and by the way, physically, these are high sympathetic tone chiropractors when they get checked. Yep. They feel like your practice members feel. They just have higher level of coping skills, higher level of knowledge. knowledge. Their yep. intelligence sometimes is quite a bit higher in the sense that they have a higher level of intellectual knowledge. They might not have the emotional intelligence that we want, so they could talk a lot of things away. But when you lay your hands on them, and it's so funny, I don't lay my hands on them to adjust them, but I lay my hands on them to get them to either breathe or to feel themselves, or I have my hand on their chest. I can't feel their chest move. I can't feel their rib cage expand. I can't feel any type of awareness internally of what that belief system, which is a thought process, which turns into a physiological response, is doing to them. Mm -hmm. So they just go through the world in that high sympathetic tone. And of course, with that, you don't have any awareness. Mm -hmm. So even though they're under care. Right. Which is crazy because if they weren't under care, you'd even be worse. So I think that's part of it. And I think that's why, um, especially when you do your work like that, you like working with chiropractors better than the general public because chiropractors, not only they, they have it in one part of their mind because they understand the vitalistic component of chiropractic in general. And they are usually, well, they're under care. They're under chiropractic care. So they have kind of two of those components. They just need to increase the awareness on their thoughts because it's kind of like it's the adjusting the subluxation in their in their brain. Well, I like it because for most chiropractors in our model, they, they can observe it and feel it in other people. Mm -hmm. So the, the translatable um, easiest way to then gain some awareness because remember we're looking for external environments that confirm or don't confirm where we're at is you can use your practice as your lab because you see this in all the people that come in. Mm -hmm. They just simply don't have the level of information that we have. As I said, a lot of our practice members sometimes have more emotional intelligence than our chiropractors do because what kills emotional intelligence is, is intellect because the more logical we are and the more left brain we are, it kills our emotional intelligence and it also kills our ability to feel what we feel like inside our physiology. Right. So the reason we see people so sick by the time they come to us 
is because they have zero awareness. And again, in chiropractic, what are we doing? We know that as the nervous system starts to dial down the sympathetics or dampen the sympathetic, starts to alert the brain, it builds this awareness because the nervous system is so intelligent. As it becomes more aware of itself, it can reorganize differently. Mm -hmm. So that is so important for you to understand with, as it relates to beliefs and identities, because as you build your awareness, you just start building it more. That alone, everybody wants to know what to do. And I'm like, you don't do anything because trust me, with the current belief you have now, you, you actually unconsciously choose your behaviors. Right. You don't even think about it. As you build your awareness and stop that, the system is brilliant. You don't need to do anything. It will sort out now how to express your behaviors differently. That's the way the system works. And we're so, it's so ingrained that we need to do something differently. And what we need to do is learn how to dial in our awareness. If we just did that and heightened it, you'd be surprised, hopefully not, because we say this in chiropractic, but most people are surprised. The system will make a different decision without you, you just have to get the hell out of the way. Mm -hmm. And and how, because you always hear like even with Joe Dispenza's work, um, that he, he talks about uh, getting to the feeling like it's already happened, like what you'd like already happened. How, how would you explain that to someone? Because a lot of times that's really hard for someone to wrap their brain around to get into that, to that being space or that feeling space that something's already, um, that whatever you're trying to manifest has already happened. Yeah, I'm surprised how few people can actually do this because they cannot recall that's how powerful stress emotions are. So most of us are walking around in this chaotic um, stress, anger, frustration, shame, guilt, fear, physiology. And when you ask them to step out of that, even when you take people out of their lives and you, they, you leave, they leave the environment, I call it the addict environment they live in. So like they leave, they leave the crack house. And the crack house is their environment they live in, which stimulates all of those stress chemicals all the time. Even then, people have a really hard time trying to identify a time where they had the emotion like gratitude, love, expression. They can feel something different in their heart space than what they feel like in their day-to-day -day life. And people think this is really airy-fairy, which is hilarious because it, that I just am shocked that I work with chiropractors with such a huge depth of knowledge around how the body works and doesn't un don't understand how the chemicals work in the brain with thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so you can't have one without the other. You can't have such a high level of knowledge on the way that the human body works and, and then discard this part of it. Right. So you have to think back and everybody, no matter how traumatic your life is, and generally with most people, again, we're dealing with people who I am not, you did not used to work with. So I'm even talking about, let's even take chiropractic out of it. And when I worked, worked with women who were standing on the street corner, who had their kids taken away, who were using, who were abused, who had no place to live, who literally stood on a street corner and sold themselves either for their next fix or to pay rent. So even when we worked with that level of trauma, even those women could come up with times in their life where they had a sense of their power. Whatever that feeling was for them, even they could do that. Mm -hmm. The hardest part of that is once you can feel that, Joe, one of Joe's lines that I use all the time is to start to identify and understand that your will over, can overcome your program whenever you want. 
when you understand that your will is the strongest thing you own, it's actually stronger than the programming that you have, you can start to use your will to overpower the program. But first you have to have awareness of the program. You cannot overcome the program when you don't have awareness of the program. Exactly. So the one way to build that awareness is to go to that time where you really can remember that feeling because you can actually pull that up at any time you want. Mm -hmm. And so when you feel like you're going back into the identity that's confirming all those beliefs, especially around self-worth, not good enough, feeling abandoned, not feeling safe, but it's not true, and you build some awareness and you remember what your power feels like, you can actually draw that to you anytime you want and change your state in a heartbeat. And we saw, we saw this in the Transformers with people. We saw them with the ability to change their state immediately. And their whole and physiology so, changes. Like, totally, totally. What we did is we did pre-post pictures of them. They walked in, we did a picture. They walked out, we did a picture. So that would have been a day and a half of work plus evenings with us. And they looked like different people walking out. And it was in their energy signature. It wasn't in necessarily their two eyes were still there. They looked a little tired. But their energy, for, for most people, not everybody, but for most people, their energy signature was totally different. And their ease, like just the state of ease and their, and their look was, was so different. So, it, you know, a lot of people just describe it as a weight off their shoulders. That's the best. If I can hear that from somebody, I, I will always ask them how they feel. And if they feel like it's a weight off their shoulders and they often like, you know, <laughs> sidebar, but those of you that have animals, one of the things, if your animal's being naughty, especially dogs, um, and they're being naughty, one of the things that they surrender to, like, safety, because if, if they're not feeling safe, especially if you have a, because I know it's from rescue, if you have a rescue dog, they're not safe, they tend to display all these kind of high anxiety kind of behaviors. And what, what you want them to do is eventually surrender to the environment that they live in and the owner to know that, no, you know what, I'm safe, they're going to handle it, I'm good. And they do this big, <gasps> Yeah. They'll do this big sigh. They do it before they go to sleep. They do it sometimes if they're laying on the couch. Sometimes if for us, with lots of he's being naughty and we want him to just settle down. I, we want him to sigh because it's a surrender. Mm -hmm. That is sort of what it feels like is we just have surrendered the fact that we've got some awareness. We've built it. We're okay. It doesn't matter what happens. We're going to be okay. And it just takes a weight off our shoulders that we don't have to carry around with us into tomorrow if we choose not to. Isn't that crazy though? Because that's what we're doing in chiropractic is we're, we're, we're trying to get the body into a state of ease and surrendering, knowing the body knows what it needs to do. To yeah. And yeah. yet we have such a hard time in our mind, yeah. um, in our environment, just yeah. to, to, just to go, okay, I'm on track. And when we, we, we kind of hold on to everything with white knuckles going like, if I control everything yeah. in my life, everything's gonna be perfect. And it's so exhausting. And, and I've never heard one person said that that actually works. Like people that are really controlling, most of them, if they're somewhat aware, go, and that totally doesn't even work. But you can see where, where people get sick in practice, because I'm telling you, you cannot say to your practice member, what you need to do is put your head down and do the work. Keep your appointments. I promise you over time, we're going to see more ease in the system because the system is brilliant. It is intelligent. I'm going to do my part and we're all both just going to step out of the way and observe it. So we say that, but then when it comes to our lives, we don't live it for ourselves. That's incongruency. Totally. And that is why we get sick because because we don't actually believe it. It sounds good and we can observe it with other people, which is what we see in the group process is they'll be like, well, I'll tell you what the problem is with you. Yeah. <laughs> don't but talk I about myself. I can't, I can't talk about myself and where, because you, it is in the beginning easier to see it with everybody else. And that's why a lot of people, if they first, you know, I've talked about this before with, when I worked with addicts, when they come out of recovery, 
their first thing is like, well, now I'm going to be uh, an addict counselor. Uh, and so a drug counselor to get people clean, but they weren't stable enough because what happens is immediately start to learn a little bit of information and you go, well, now I'm going to do this with everybody because you see it with everybody. So it's just like buying a red car. Everybody has a red car. So there's a natural part of that, but then at some point you have to just go internally if you want. And if you feel like you are in the first gear and you're trying to go to the next gear without pushing so hard, there's, it's a lot of work, but there's ease eventually with it. Well, and I was just listening to a podcast that talked about three different levels of thinking, and this might help people as well, because the bot, the lowest level of thinking is that's, you're just, you're thinking your thoughts and you just keep thinking. And that's why it's really hard to be aware of yourself. What's the, the lowest level of thinking? Sorry, you just the, got out there. The lowest level of thinking is thinking. Oh, it's thinking. Of thought yeah. is just thinking. Yeah. And then the next level up is consciousness, which is the awareness because now you increase awareness and now yeah. you're like, okay, now I can have a little bit more objective um, feelings about what I'm thinking. And then the highest level is your mind. And when you're at the level of mind, then you know that you are, you are the thinker. <laughs> and, and when you are, you're not, you're not your thoughts. So you, you are not your thoughts. You're separated from your thoughts, but now you're aware of your thoughts and you can choose to have different thoughts if you choose. And so if you can get to that level of mind, then it's almost the same as when you're talking to someone else saying, I can tell you what's wrong with you. Cause if you can get to that level of thinking in your own mind, you can actually objectively look at your thoughts objectively. And it's almost like taking that one step back or being that quantum observer as Joe says. Well, because I, I would call the mind your will. You can observe. Yeah. I, I always use an example of myself as I was a kid. One of the things I used to do all the time is it's, it's a dissociative state actually where you can float out. I call it floating outside your body. So if you were to float outside your body, and observe and look down on your life and look down on the way you're behaving and look down on your, what you do. And you go like, I don't even know who that is. If you can get to that level, you can start to understand that you can change that. Right. But everything that you think right now is defining you. It is your identity. And if you want to change your identity, you have to change the way you think. And specifically, not just the way you think in a logical mind, you have to change your belief system, which takes a huge amount of time but can be done in a very short amount of time if you have the awareness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that quote saying you can't fix a problem with the same mindset that created it. That would be that yeah. the same thing, right? Where you're just spinning in circles. So, yeah. all right, well, that's pretty heavy. Oh, that's deep stuff, man. Uh, don't do that on a Saturday morning at eight 30 in the morning. You have to do that over like a glass of wine. Have some deep stuff. Well, <laughs> well, Half your observer, listeners are like, I have no idea what it was they just talking about right now. But I think that, that's a great first episode to start off the new brand, the new brand of the podcast, because that's kind of where we want to go with it. So, um, well, my last comment on the brand is, and, and also just what we did with the shift, I think the vitality shift for us before we ever got asked to, to make it into a passion project, which is what I'm calling it now. Everybody wants to know about our side hustle. I'm like a side hustle means it's not that important. Like the vitality shift is our passion project and what it did for us and, and what we hoped it did for other chiropractors is it actually when we started looking at how do we communicate and how do we test ease in our office and talk about ease, it started to blow up all our belief systems because we're like, holy smokes. So people will hear about chiropractic differently. We can move people along a spectrum of care that doesn't mean churning and burning them out, that we don't need to do all of the things that we thought we had to do in the beginning. Like it was incredible. So what it did is we, it was an external picture of something that killed our truth at the time about chiropractic. And so the vitality shift and also the program of this podcast is I think going to do the same is it's an external observation of the fact that what you believe is not true. And if you want to find external 
practices and people that can show you that this is possible, this is the place and the program is the place because that's what it did for us. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So any final words to leave people with? Wow, that wasn't my final words. I thought that was uh, pretty good. I don't know. You always said, oh, it was really good. I was, <laughs> wanted to make sure <laughs> anyway, that I didn't When are we releasing this? <laughs> this is coming out right away. Okay. Well, I want to thank everybody who's coming to the Vitality Shift Immersion Day in, in November. That is in Montreal. That's sold out. So that's going to be a fun day. Um, the next opportunity to see us is going to be our Shift Unplugged, which is in February. So that's February 7th, 8th, and 9th in Scottsdale. And then our second shift unplugged, which is the uh, May 31st in Kingscliff, Australia. And September, our shift unplugged UK drops just outside of London. So we'll be doing sh three shift unplugs in 2020 so far. Um, so those are small group process events. They are run by facilitators, not speakers. So those also sell out. So registration's up for those currently. So I want to just say, if you want to get in there, they all sold out last year. Uh, because they're so small. So I suggest that if you want to come to an event, it'd be worth your while and look us up. That's at trueconceptseminars.com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, honey, for being on the show again. Oh, well, thanks, honey, for having me. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next evolution of the podcast. Yes. And, and all the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. Um, uh, I hope you enjoy the journey that we're going to take this on. We're going to take it to a new level and uh, try to share this with all your um fellow colleagues or anybody you think could benefit from the show. Um, until next, talk to you later. I, I didn't get my closing line yet. So I'm going to, we're going to call it shifting the conversation because I'm so used to saying crush the curse. <laughs> you, you'll have to, or maybe you should ask for feedback about what the yeah, best closing I, line would Actually, be. I might even do that. I'll put it out there and I'll say, okay, what so you, you put the podcast out, maybe just ask people because they, I'm sure there's lots of creative minds out there in the mind hive that listens to this podcast. that would come yeah. up with way more interesting closing lines than what we will ever come up with. So, so reach out to me on Facebook and help me with the closing line. And until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.